Get ready to be jolted out of the ordinary and into a world where conversations are charged with intensity and facts. The Lightning Strike Talk Radio with your host, Mohammed Fahim, broadcasting live from the heart of the city on Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio, WCPT 820 AM. Welcome to a radio show that charges through the airwaves with an electricity like no other. Here's your host, Mohammed Fahim. Chicago, good morning everybody and uh, thank you for tuning in to the Lightning Strike. Uh, coming together today in, again in the studio with me is uh, John Arena and uh, Ken DeLuke is uh, calling in. Good morning, Ken. Howdy, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, we got another power-packed hour today, folks. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about what is happening in our country and uh, Ken, you got anything lined up that you want to get off your chest? Let's go. Zero chance of World War III. Um, so let me. Let me okay, Ken. Ken, hang on one second. Okay, Ken, Ken, hang on one second. Just because you're not in the studio, man, watch your language. <laughs> oh come on! I know what I can't say. Now was appropriate. <laughs> okay, that's not one of the seven. Anyway, okay. Words. <laughs> but here's the good news. Here's the good news, Mohammed. By the end of the week, by the end of the week, I actually was able to sleep at night. And here's why. This okay. is important. From the time Donald Trump inherited his dad's very large fortune and managed to whittle it down to a mediocre fortune, the man is probably the only one in history who could own three casinos and lose money on each one of them. He's been a failure and way more often than he's been a success, a scan artist, a con man, cheated almost everyone he's dealt with. The man has never had to report to anybody in his whole life. And now with its latest judgment against them, including current fines totaling almost a half a billion dollars, yeah, yeah, that hurts. This is really more important. He's lost control of his New York businesses, and he, if they have to ask permission to make any decision, that's a game changer. That's never happened in the history of Donald Trump. Moving forward, I do not think he has the character to withstand those changes, and given his juvenile narcissistic tendencies, I don't think, I think he's going to have, he doesn't have the mental bandwidth um, to deal with this. Uh, he's going to, like, blow up here, and I think, given his current circumstances and what's going on in the near future, um, I doubt very much he's going to be around for the election. Well, now, uh, I have a question for both you and Ken. I have a Ken, for you here's, and the, here's the thing, Ken. I have never understood why people would pay good money to go sleep in a hotel bed. You know how many people must have slept on that mattress, man? <laughs> okay. You're talking Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I don't know. And, and, and here's the thing, okay. They can't, some... get to the, they can't clean the sheets because they, they got to go past government documents to get to the <laughs> to, controls. To, to get to those things, right? <laughs> I mean, I, it, it always amazes so me, right? I have a question for both of you, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, now, given what he said earlier... Uh, that basically he would give carte blanche to Russia if uh, one of the NATO, NATO members didn't pay their bills as if they were a member of a country club. That's not the way that works. Um, and he would let Russia have its way and encourage it. Seeing how Russia is an American adversary, and doesn't this last statement on Monday constitute giving aid and comfort to the enemy? So take a look at the whole track record of kissing up to Putin. I know what my conclusions, what I've came up with, but what does this suggest to you, John? Okay, Ken, let's let's do this. Let's continue the conversation uh, during the rest of the hour. We got Michael from oh, wait, Chicago no, no, uh, calling in. I want to take uh, I want to take Michael's call real quick. And uh, we're we'll running against the clock over here. Michael, good morning. You are on the lightning strike. Thank you for calling in. Yes. Thanks for taking my call. I like the elections coming up in Illinois next month in March. And this is the time to remind people, I got some new material, that the 17-year-old kids can vote in primary elections in 24 states now, including yes. Illinois, 24 mm -hmm. states, 
if they become 18 by the general election, they mm-hmm. got to become 18 by the general election. Uh, you know, there's 4 million 17-year-old kids in the, in the United States, 4 million. I, I looked it up on Google. Uh, only half the states, 24 states are doing it. That cuts it down to 2 million. And the, the restriction of becoming 18 by the general election, that cuts it down another million to 1 million. But we still have 1 million 17-year-old kids that could vote in the United States in the uh, coming primaries. Now, there's a new thing in Illinois. In Illinois now, it's in 18 states now. 16-year-old kids can what's called pre-register to vote in Illinois. That started January 1st of this year. Now, they cannot vote. A 16-year-old kid cannot vote in Illinois or any state, but they can pre-register to vote. And that's considered an important thing. Mm -hmm. And it's in 18 states, including Illinois. And that's why I hear hear rumors. I hear a comment on um, 8.20 a.m. radio a week ago that they went to a high school community groups, nonprofit community groups are going to high schools in Chicago. And in one high school, they registered 300 students. 16- and 17-year-old ones, 300 students. Because now the the, the seniors would be 17-year-olds and the juniors would be 16-year-olds. Now, just one little thing on the 16-year-olds. If they're going to register to vote at age of 16, they must know that they're going to stay in Illinois or stay in Chicago for the next one or two years, that their family is not going to move to Wisconsin or move to another state because it's long-term planning. They're expecting to stay here for a while. But 95% of the people are living, these kids are living with their parents, and they're going to stay with them. Well, Michael, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. Again, folks, elections are coming up. It is very important that you pay attention to the candidates that are out there. One of the things that when we started out the lightning strike, we were talking about term limits, especially for Congress and our senators also. Yeah, you know, these people make it like a lifetime job, and we have some very good candidates now trying to challenge the status quo and we'll take a quick break with a message from a candidate for the 6th Congressional District in Illinois. Are you ready for a fresh voice in Congress? Meet Manor Ahmed, your progressive candidate for the 6th Congressional District of Illinois. Manor Ahmed stands for values that matter to you. She believes in health care for all, ensuring that every American has access to quality, affordable health care, regardless of their income or background. Manor is committed to revolutionizing our education system, fighting to make college tuition free for working families, and tackling the student debt crisis head on. Visit AhmedForHouse.com to learn more and join the campaign for a better sixth. Demand for an end to the war in Gaza. Ceasefire now. Paid for by Ahmed for House. Approved by Manor Ahmed. This is Manor Ahmed and I approve this message. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, folks. Uh, welcome back uh, to the Lightning Strike. Uh, we had Michael calling in with some great information. And Ken, uh, you had uh, a question for John. Uh, when uh, we had to quickly cut back because we are running out on, on time on our breaks now. So go ahead, Ken. Uh, you had something to ask John. Yeah, John, just real quickly, I mean, given the fact of what he did this earlier this week, it kind of rounds the circle on this. I mean, I know what my opinion, the next move should be. What's yours on that? Well, there's there's quite a bit. I mean, this this isn't something new where he's praised not just Putin, but other dictators. Um, you know, whether this rises to treason, um, you know, I, I don't know the stand, the legal standard for that, but it's definitely aid and comfort and projecting a message to uh, enemies of democracy that we love you. You know, I mean, if we meaning him. And he wants that love back. And Putin's praised him 
at some length because you know they're both. We have a dictator and a wannabe dictator, right? And well, it and, and, and Trump has said he'll he'll do that just one day. <laughs> yeah. But you know, once you start, you tend to get addicted. Addicted uh, yeah, it's, it's to that dictator. Get off uh, of the of that. It's bike, tough right? to once. set set the needle down, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of that, folks, uh, we wanted to uh, come back to what we started discussing last week, and uh, this was uh, our little uh, towns over here. Here's the here's the thing, okay? The village of Orland Park, we already talked about it last week as to how Mayor Picau went on a rant. He had come uh, prepared for you know loaded for bear. He had ten pages of notes without even listening to the constituents, and he let go with both barrels. Uh, Ken, you reached out to Mayor Picau's office. Uh, any response? Uh, yeah, I had a very nice uh, assistant saying, oh, she'd be more than happy to get that information to him, and he would be responding to me, but I, I must have been in the other room because I never got that call. Okay, folks. So I called the, the mayor's office also, left a message with that same very sweet-sounding executive assistant, and then I followed it up with an email inviting Mayor Picau to come on the show with us and discuss his views and his values as an American. Never heard back. Now, I want to contrast that with what happened with the village of Bolingbroke on the 13th of this month. What a contrast. What a difference. Village of Bolingbroke had a resolution that was proposed by the residents of Bolingbroke. There was a meeting on the 13th. The village wanted to change some of the wordings, water it down. The residents came in and they were allowed to speak. I want to start off with one of the residents his name is Peter Navarro, and uh, Dylan, if you could please uh, play clip one. This is from the meeting in Bolingbroke on the 13th, folks. Just listen to it. Bolingbroke community, and as a Jew, I'm here to express my heartfelt support for a a proper resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza and the safe return of all hostages. The proposed resolution is, while I'm sure well-meaning, it doesn't go far enough. I've spent the last few months grieving for the suffering. Um, my name is Peter Kozak Rivera. Um, I'm speaking to you here as a concerned member of the Bolingbroke community and as a Jew. I'm here to express my heartfelt support for a, a proper resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza and the safe return of all hostages. The proposed resolution is, while I'm sure well-meaning, it doesn't go far enough. I've spent the last few months grieving for the suffering on both sides. But the Israeli government's disproportionate actions, funded by my tax dollars as an American, and claimed in defense of my Jewish heritage, starkly opposed my values. Occupation, ethnic cleansing, and the deliberate killing of civilians as a form of collective punishment, those things are not my Judaism. Zionism, when it involves the creation of an eth exclusive ethnocentric enclave, that's not my Judaism either. No one has the right to claim any part of our planet exclusively for one kind of person. Supporting a ceasefire and expressing concern for Palestinian civilians should not be divisive. Certainly it is not an act of anti-Semitism. It is a plea for humanity and compassion. Rejecting a resolution on such grounds would be profoundly unjust to the millions of American Jews who say, not in my name. Some may argue that such a resolution is outside the scope of the village board or that it won't make a difference. But in a time of national crisis, when Washington refuses to listen to our voices on a national level, over 60% of Americans support an immediate ceasefire. Your support for a ceasefire and a commitment to a just and peaceful resolution can act as an amplifier and give us a voice. In Judaism, it is taught that to save one life is to save the world. One seemingly small act can have a 
outsized impact. In Washington, they're not listening to us. Please listen to us here. Thank you for your time and consideration. Oh, folks, uh, you heard that uh, statement from, from Peter Navarro. What a powerful statement. I mean, there were like about 20, 25 uh, people who lined up to speak, John. And uh, it was heart-wrenching. There was a couple of people who had actually family in Gaza, and they were talking about how their entire family was wiped off with our tax dollars. Folks, here is the mayor of Bolingbroke, Mary Alexander Basta, addressing the crowd. I just want you to see the contrast between this mayor of Bolingbroke and the mayor of Orland Park. Since we have an amazing crowd here today, I'm comfortable in saying salamu alaikum. And welcome to the February 13th, 2024 Village of Bolingbroke board meeting. Okay, that is the mayor of Bolingbroke. And now here is our good friend, Mayor Keith Picall, who has refused to answer our interest and our, our request to come on the air and talk about his Americanism. Dylan, if you could please play uh, Mayor Pekau's uh, statement. That's where my allegiances lie, period, dot, end of story. And if you're an American citizen and you don't feel that way, in my opinion, you're entitled to that opinion, but you can certainly go and and go to another country and support that country. I mean, just just think about it, folks. Okay, one one is a, a welcome. <laughs> yeah, and the other one is a you should go now. Yeah, you should you should go now. I'm an American. Oh yeah. So what do you think these other people were that were there, Mayor? Do you think that uh, they were from some other planet? They were American citizens, man. Your citizens, your constituents, and you diss them like that. Uh, we got uh, Patty Jurgen calling in from Bolingbroke, uh, wanting to call about the results of the. Uh, Talk about the results of the resolution. Patty, good morning. You are on the lightning strike. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you guys. Go ahead, Patty. You want to say something? I am very, very, very proud um, to be a member of Bolingbrook, uh, Illinois. We have been doing work since October the 8th. Um, I am just so happy that we were able to not only work with our mayor as well as the trustees of Bolingbrook, um, the members of the mosque came out. Everybody came out to support, including my brother Peter. I thank him so much as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we have come back home to our towns and to our uh, local cities uh, is because we have lost our trust in our local uh, and federal politicians. We have been trying with um, uh, Congressman Foster, um, and it's all going on deaf ears. It's all going on deaf ears all the way up to our president. And so because politics is all local, we figured that we could come back home and start getting these resolutions passed back at home. And our goal now is to work all across the state of Illinois. If we are able to get resolutions passed throughout all of the state of Illinois, Mm -hmm. maybe then our actual federal politicians will start listening to we the people. It was horrible what happened on October the 7th, but the devastation and genocide that has continued since is 100% not okay either. We must stand up for all of our citizens anytime anybody is being wronged anywhere. Hey, Patty, uh, thank you. uh, Thank you you so much for calling in. When we take the Pledge of Allegiance, folks, what does that say, John? Can you repeat the pledge with me, please? Okay, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with justice and liberty and justice for all. It does not say just for the Republicans who are in Orland Park, right? I don't, I don't see that in, in the, yeah, in, the I mean, in the pledge. Okay, Pekau's, Pekau's, you know, American arrogance of 
you know, my, you know, my jingoistic American view trumps yours, right? This, it, because he's an American. Oh, We're all Americans, and we all have differing opinions. And the whole point of being an elected official, we talked about this last week, so, is about uh, hearing other, contrasting voices, where you get to do that in this country, as opposed to other places that, where that that's is, not uh, allowed. That is what being American is all about, right? Now, here's the thing, folks. We paid so much attention to Mayor Picau that we did not really pay attention to one of his acolytes. And that... Acolyte is Mr. William Healy. Okay, this guy's a piece of work. <laughs> Mem- member of the Orland Park Board of Trustees, William Healy followed up the mayor's speech when the mayor said, "Any trustee comments?" Here is William Healy's comments, folks. If you could please play number four, Dylan. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I do have comments, and I'm happy to make them. Uh, this unruly crowd that was here tonight of Palestinians will not bully me into... Uh, that's got to be addressed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just listen to this, folks. And this is all a matter of public record, okay? It is there on, on, the, on the Village Board channel and on the YouTube channels. You can go check it out. This unruly crowd of Palestinians. There was nothing unruly about it, folks. There were six people who spoke, five or six people, very respectful. And these are professionals who are not Palestinians, quote-unquote. These are American citizens, Mr. Healy. Okay. Now, of Palestinian descent, maybe. <laughs> or maybe, Palestine, there's, yeah. maybe there was other people that weren't hey, the, the, the only The only Americans that you can think of are people who were indigenous that, that were here before we all came. Right, John, you came. You know, you have an Italian. Uh, My dad came you know, when I was 13. Yeah, and uh, Mayor Picau. Uh, you know, you have a Germanic origin, man. Be proud of it, okay? So continue that, please, if you could. This, this is a piece of work, folks, and we have to hold these people accountable into uh, copying any opinion that I don't believe in. Uh, one of America's founding te- fundamental tenets is tolerance. Tolerance, you're supposed to be able to disagree with people, but, but to do it in a... You're supposed to be, you're supposed to disagree with people, okay? So, Keith, what was your issue, man, when people came in? You could have disagreed with them very politely. And now here's the other thing, folks. This guy goes in to even bring his family life into his statement. Please continue this, Dylan. This is so, this is so much fun. I'm holding off on playing Manur's ad because this is so critical for our listeners to listen to. And it's, it's tolerance. Tolerance. You're supposed to be able to disagree with people, but but to do it in an agreeable fashion. Uh, you have to be tolerant of other people's opinions. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't detect any tolerance in these opinions. I didn't hear any uh, claim of compassion. We were accused of not being compassionate. Uh, you know, I take offense to that. Only my wife can call me not compassionate. <laughs> but she knows... If, only the claim of compassion, though, not compassion. Maybe he's a white. Apparently, does not extend to the butchered victims of Hamas. I, I mean, there's compassion for those families that were tortured. There's no that should not have happened. And as a result, this um, the killing and all that is 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 something between is a result of that. But, but what further bothers me about. Uh, the people, some of the people that show up, they claim to be educated in the Orland Park grammar schools and high schools. And I don't detect a, one bit of patriotism or understanding of our American values with them. They seem to, you know, twist and turn Clearly some of those values. <laughs> and I have doubts whether the Palestinian community wants to participate in this American experiment. Go ahead, wow. check that out. Uh, if they do, they should demonstrate tolerance cordiality, and obey the rule of law. Thanks. Oh, my God. Okay, so that so wait, is... Wait, i got to understand something. So tolerance, you could be disagreeable, as, Jean, as he said, but be agreeable. So I, I'm trying to understand, if I disagree with you, as long as I agree with your position... <laughs> In my disagreement. logic of tolerance, definition of tolerance I've ever heard. John, here, here's the contrast, okay? 
with that trustee and Michael Carpenzano, trustee of Bolingbrook. Dylan, if you could please hit. I'm guessing there's a contrast. Here. Oh, I'm telling you, there is a contrast. Like there was between mayors. Look at the contrast between trustees now. A few things on a, on a, a personal note. I, I don't think, I'm, I'm not going to speak on behalf of this board. I'm going to speak on behalf of me, just to be clear here. Um, I don't think anyone could sit through this uh, and not have a reaction. Uh, pictures that were shared. <laughs> pictures that were shared. The youth that's, that not only spoke but was here tonight. Um, this, this is important. And I, and I do want to commend not only this board, but this mayor. Um, I've never voted on a resolution like this before. And I've only been elected since 2019. It takes courage for a municipality to even approach this topic, and I say that with sincerity, even the fact that, I don't know what it was, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when really this started to come to the forefront on bringing this to a local municipality, um, the fact that this is on a board meeting within, I don't know, let's say a month, is quite, I think, impressive and responsive. To Mirage's point, could there be changes? Could there be suggestion changes? Absolutely. But I think we have to um, appreciate the courage that this board may take, will take, and or just the uh, courage of this mayor to put this on the agenda this evening for discussion, for us to have what I think we all believe in this country, is the ability to talk about this, listen, engage, and hopefully love each other. Boy, wow. what so a I contrast, think, I think folks. the second guy might understand tolerance a little bit better than Mr. Healy from... Well, because that's <laughs> when you talk about See, Mr. Mr. Healy was the campaign treasurer for the mayor, uh, Mayor Pekau, when he ran for Congress in the sixth district and lost badly, by the way. And uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, complaints. Let me put it this way, uh, about some finagling with uh, the campaign finance accounts, though, even though Mr. Healy is a, is a chartered accountant, okay, mm-hmm. he's a CPA. But uh, here's the contrast, folks, and that's why it's so he's important. Using Trump's accepted uh, accounting standards? Is oh, that what you're well, trying to say? Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, we can get so, to that later. <laughs> it is so important for us to pay attention to candidates when they run for office and make sure that we hold them accountable. That's what the lightning strike is all about, okay? Holding our candidates accountable. We'll take a quick break and come back with a final word from Patty. Patty, stay on the line, please. Are you ready for a fresh voice in Congress? Meet Manor Ahmed, your progressive candidate for the 6th Congressional District of Illinois. When it comes to women's rights and reproductive freedom, Manor is a fierce advocate. She will protect a woman's right to make her own health care decisions and ensure equal pay for equal work. But that's not all. Manor is dedicated to enacting common-sense gun reform, addressing the climate crisis with urgency, and championing the issues that matter most to our senior citizens. With Manor Ahmed in Congress, we can build a future where everyone has the opportunity to thrive. Vote Manor Ahmed in the upcoming Democratic Party primary election on March 19th, and let's create a brighter tomorrow together. Visit AhmedForHouse.com to learn more and join the campaign for a better sixth. Demand for an end to the war in Gaza. Ceasefire now. Paid for by Ahmed for House. Approved by Manor Ahmed. This is Manor Ahmed, and I approve this message. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Welcome back, folks. Uh, welcome back to the Lightning Strike. And uh, thank you for listening in. We are here every Sunday morning from 9 to 10 with me in the studio again, uh, my co-host, uh, John Arena. Uh, Ken DeLuke uh, still is calling in. He's had some health issues recently. And uh, Ken, do you see the contrast and the difference between these two Illinois towns now? One is the Republican yeah, I side. Do, I, I got I to admit, in Mr. Healy's defense, um, it's not his fault. He kind of misspoke. He didn't mean to say American values. He really meant to say MAGA values. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. Thanks for the clarification, Ken. So, uh, Patty, we'll uh, end up with you and uh, any more comments on what happened in Bolingbroke. And thank you, Bolingbroke, for taking the lead and coming up and really showing what Americanism is all about. Those are American values. Patty? 
We appreciate you. We really appreciate you guys um, because, as we know, the the news stations reporting these positive, motivating, uplifting things that all of us, it's not just Palestinians, it's not just Jewish folks, um, these are American people all across this country that are out on the streets. We are everywhere. We are at our uh, federal the presidential, as well as the Congress and the Senate meetings. Um, the thing that is, we need to be calm, cool, and collected no matter where we go. But then there is a time when you have to speak loudly. And so depending on where you're at, uh, we want to make sure that we are getting politicians in office that are going to demand a ceasefire. Um, and so we are doing that right now. We are pushing and promoting uh not only peace in the Middle East, you know, right now we are also bombing multiple countries yep. for coming in and sticking up for and stopping the bombs and the stuff that is coming through to murder our Palestinian brothers and sisters. So we as a nation have to set the tone that our politicians, when they are wrong, we must call them out wherever they are doing it. And we must make right we are all of ourselves, are each other's brothers and sisters keepers. And so when I'm hurting, I would hope that our brothers and sisters would come to my self-defense, as well as we are coming to our Palestinian brothers and sisters' self-defense, as well as many other countries across this nation who are also having genocides committed against them. We must be together for everyone. Absolutely. And uh, folks, we wanted to actually talk today also about uh, dirty money in politics and all these negative ads that are floating around. Time just flies. Time just flies. Uh, we have to to actually end up with our person of the week, who is Ernest Krim, and we'll be talking more with Ernest about what a wonderful person he is around 9.45 when we close up the show on our third segment. But again, to Patty's point, make sure that you're holding your elected representatives responsible, okay, for their action or inaction. In the 6th District now, we have this young, courageous lady who's stepping up to challenge a, an establishment candidate, okay? Uh, Sean Caston has been there for uh, two terms now. He's going in for his third term. And uh, what has he done, folks? Honestly, what has he done for the 6th District, okay? If you go look at his record, he has, in two terms now, he has only got three bills passed. Two of them are basically the same bill, and one of them was to rename a post office. Go check it out. Okay, I'm not making things up. You can go to GovTrack, that is G-O-V-T-R-A-C-K, GovTrack.us, put in any representative's name, and you'll see how many bills have they worked on in their term in Congress. So if you have somebody that you have hired, and basically we are paying the salary, like, right, John? We are yeah, paying for the salary, the benefits, and the health care and everything. So if you hire somebody and they come in, and they come in with this, all these great ideas, but none of them, you know, really turn into any kind of solid income for you or solid result, how long will you keep that employee? So we've got to pay attention to these folks, all of these people who are there in Congress forever and ever and ever, and who want to be there forever. It's time that we ask them some serious questions and bring in some new blood and new ideas into Congress. Okay, coming back now to our local, what is happening again in there's, there's so much happening nationwide, you know, internationally, but in Naperville, something interesting happened recently. Mm -hmm. In our town again, okay, wherever there are Republicans, these things seem, seem to be happening, folks. Don't ask me why, okay? Has, oh, I think we know why. You know why? <laughs> Come on, John. There may be a little bit of xenophobia and okay. ignorance that abounds. So there, there was this gentleman who himself is an immigrant, okay? He ran for the Naperville Village Board, uh, did not get elected, but uh, the Naperville mayor... Uh, is a big supporter, and uh, you know, Steve Earle is a good guy. He's a Republican, but he's a good Republican. But he ended up uh, nominating this guy uh, to the Human Rights uh, 
Commission, Human Rights and Public Housing Commission. And this gentleman recently resigned on January 24th. He made a statement on social media, and then he tried to backtrack on it. He tried to hide it and delete it. But you know how social media is, right? So it is there. Uh, I'm going to read his statement that he tried to get out of. Here is the statement. Hold your breath, okay? He writes, Dear African-American brothers and sisters, Listen to this, John. Dear African-American brothers and sisters, New arrivals in town, arriving in millions, unchecked at the border, ready to replace you. Oh my God, the great replacement theory. The great replacement, remember that. The system that kept you poor, dependent, and unskilled will start ignoring you and then abandon you. Wake up, unshackle, vote wisely. Hashtag close the border. Hashtag vote red to save America. Oh my God. is so wait he's appealing he's appealing to black americans by saying that they have been kept oh yeah un, uneducated oh yeah oh, and yeah. so they should vote <laughs> Republican because they're such big supporters of public. So there was a there was a lot of public outcry. I bet. So the guy went ahead and submitted his resignation, and it was accepted by the mayor. And but the mayor tried to whitewash that thing out, saying, "Oh, he resigned because he did not really attend a lot of the commission meetings, and so I asked him to resign." Uh, by the way, the gentleman's name is Nag Jaiswal, N A G. Jaiswal, you can go check it out. Uh, Google it. You will see everything about uh, what a great country we are living in, man. And now Trump wants to become dictator for a day. Folks, no matter how bad it is, please make sure that you go and and vote wisely, okay? It's all I can say is vote wisely, okay? Make sure that you pay attention to who is saying what. In today's world of social media, no matter how many flyers, how many mailers that you get, uh, you know, mail to your home, don't pay any attention to all of that, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I almost wanted to use the four-letter word. But uh, my friend uh, Ray Hanania, uh, by the way, uh, folks, uh, shout out to Ray Hanania. What a great guy. Go to rayhanania.com. Check out his columns. Check out his writings. This guy is a gem who is right here in, in our midst trying to make a difference. Again, hold people accountable. And uh, we had a conversation the other day. He recorded a, a podcast with me. And uh, I said, you know, I try not to use uh, any four-letter words on the air. He says, man, the only four-letter word that you should be worried about is using is the word Arab. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. And, and this, is, this is funny, but not funny, folks. Just think about it for a second. Sometimes if you don't laugh, you cry because yeah. these kind of comments. Okay. So we'll take a quick break uh, and come back with a, uh, with our final segment of the day with uh, our person of the week, uh, Ernest Krim third, And uh, Sheila White would be introducing Ernest. Are you ready for a fresh voice in Congress? Meet Manor Ahmed, your progressive candidate for the 6th Congressional District of Illinois. Manor Ahmed stands for values that matter to you. She believes in health care for all, ensuring that every American has access to quality, affordable health care, regardless of their income or background. Manor is committed to revolutionizing our education system, fighting to make college tuition free for working families, and tackling the student debt crisis head on. Visit AhmedForHouse.com to learn more and join the campaign for a better sixth. Demand for an end to the war in Gaza. Ceasefire now. Paid for by Ahmed for House. Approved by Manor Ahmed. This is Manor Ahmed and I approve this message. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. 
Welcome back uh, to the Lightning Strike, folks. If you want to call in, the number to reach us is 773-763-9278. That is WCPT, Chicago's progressive talk radio station where facts matter. Everything that we shared with you today is based on facts. You can go and check and recheck. We don't make things up over here, folks. Okay, all the statements that you heard were directly from the people who made those statements. So it's something that we are not paraphrasing. No, no, that's oh. their words. I have a fact. You have the facts? <laughs> I have a fact. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah. The um, Congressional uh, Budget Office, which is a nonpartisan organization that reports to Congress on the state of the economy, came up with a fascinating fact this past week. It said basically this year the uh, influx of immigrants that came into the United States that uh, got to work and are paying taxes are going to contribute approximately one trillion dollars into the U.S. economy this year, and their estimate over the next 10 years that's going to be an additional seven trillion dollars. So anyone who says that they're draining our system, it's 180 degrees from that. They're actually adding to it and helping our economy grow. Uh, we are the fastest growing GDP in the world. Uh, and we're just blowing away every other industrial country mm-hmm. out there. So don't listen to the rhetoric or the BS. Like Mohammed says, look at the facts. Thank you so much, Ken. And with that, uh, Sheila, good morning. Welcome to the Lightning Strike. And thank you so much for all that you're doing for the show, Sheila. We're so appreciative of this. Who is our guest? Would you mind introducing our guest uh, and our person of the week, please? Yes, our guest of the week, his name is Ernest Krim III, and uh, he's the person that can help shed a light on some of the things that are going on within our culture, in our community. Welcome, Ernest, to the show. Tell us a little bit about your work and what you're doing. Hey, thank you for having me this morning, y'all. It's a pleasure and honor to be on the Lightning Strike. Like you said, my name is Mr. Ernest Krim III. I am a public teacher and advocate of black history, and I use black history as a teacher, author, and educator to empower, uh, to educate, and also help us to create equitable systems. So, uh, Ernest, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, folks, Black History Month. And I don't know why we should have a Black History Month. I mean, black history is there throughout the rest of the year also. It's American history. It is American history. The, right. you know, the African-American contributions to our country are phenomenal, folks. Go do, again, right. go Google some something and see what are the contributions of African-Americans to America. And, uh, right. Ernest, you want to talk about some of them? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, first of all, I think it's important that we, you know, even have this month still because we even see the attack that's being legislated against uh, our history and contributions, the fact that there are states that want to take out our contributions or ban or censor it. Uh, You know, it it takes us back to the days where it was illegal for us even to be able to read and write. Mm -hmm. And I I think by shedding a light on our contributions, we're able to see how we have all contributed to this country and how we can contribute to a moving forward. For example, I often share, you know, something like a, it's something that's viewed as a small contribution that most people don't even take into account is that a black man named Osborne Dorsey at the age of about 17 invented the doorknob in 1878. You know, something as small as that. Mm-hmm. We don't often take into account that Somebody like Gary Morgan is the reason why we have the yellow light, which reduces a lot of, you know, traffic accidents. Or the fact that a, a lady named Marion Croke more recently helped invent the technology technology that allows us to have Zoom calls or Skype calls. So that's just a few touch of the surface, y'all. Hey, Ernest, let me ask you this. Are you an American? Oh yes, I am. Yes, okay, I am. I'm, 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 I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make sure that uh, Mayor Picao is listening, <laughs> that uh, there are more people who are American in, in the country, not just him. Okay, so conti- right. continuing the conversation again, uh, what would you like people to understand about the importance of coming together as a community for the betterment of our country, Ernest? I think that we have to understand that um, 
various groups have made a contribution to this country, uh, specifically African Americans, you know, from the foundation of the creation of this country. Um, and, and it was not, it was, of course, against, against our will. So I think it's important for us to understand that there has to be um, some type of reparations, there has to be some type of understanding of what was done to us, and then also how we countered that. And I think that when, you know, there are various studies that even talk about how when African American students are taught their history, they perform better. They, talk, they perform better academically in school. And I would also counter that and say that when other groups find out about diverse histories, they are in tune uh, more accepting and more tolerant and more embracing of other people. Because even if you don't live around other groups of people, if you're able to learn about their true experience and not the propaganda, you'll, you'll be more willing to accept them and to uh, want to embrace them and want to help them out as well. You know, Ernest, uh, you are, you're so right. Uh, folks, one of the things that we uh, have started doing in our neck of the woods is uh, we started a community alliance in the town that I live in, and uh, we have had two meetings so far, one at a local church and one at the local uh, high school. Sheila, uh, you attended uh, the the meeting at the high school. What is your impression about the community alliance? I think the alliance is a powerful uh, tool that we can use, and it could be duplicated in other areas, other communities. It's a grassroots uh, foundation, a grassroots organization that's just helping us to come back to our humanity. We're all Americans, as you said, as John said as well. And as we work together and strive together, it's going to make it a better uh, place for everyone, no matter where you come from, because America was built on the backs of a lot of people from different cultures, not just one culture. So what Ernest said is so true. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for reinforcing that. Uh, Ernest, uh, please stay on the line. We're going to take another quick break before we end the show, and we'll come back uh, and continue the conversation. So if you could uh, please, uh, Dylan, give us our final thought with, uh, with Manur Ahmed and her campaign, please. Are you ready for a fresh voice in Congress? Meet Manor Ahmed, your progressive candidate for the 6th Congressional District of Illinois. When it comes to women's rights and reproductive freedom, Manor is a fierce advocate. She will protect a woman's right to make her own health care decisions and ensure equal pay for equal work. But that's not all. Manor is dedicated to enacting common-sense gun reform, addressing the climate crisis with urgency, and championing the issues that matter most to our senior citizens. With Manor Ahmed in Congress, we can build a future where everyone has the opportunity to thrive. Vote Manor Ahmed in the upcoming Democratic Party primary election on March 19th, and let's create a brighter tomorrow together. Visit AhmedForHouse.com to learn more and join the campaign for a better sixth. Demand for an end to the war in Gaza. Ceasefire now. Paid for by Ahmed for House. Approved by Manor Ahmed. This is Manor Ahmed and I approve this message. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Welcome back, folks. And uh, we've got uh, Ernest Krim III with us. And... Uh, Ken, uh, you uh, were going to be talking to me about something that was on the top of your mind, and you already spoke about what happened with uh, President uh, Trump. Now, Ernest Krim has written a book, uh, and John, you're just looking at uh, the title of that book. Ernest, uh, you want to talk about uh, the book that you have coming up? John, what is the book that you're looking at now? Uh, how Black History uh, uh, Changed His Life, and I was I was looking at the uh, what uh, an event in 2016 that spurred uh, you to write that book and put you on this path. And I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about that uh, and tell us about the book and uh, how it could help people understand how these events affect people. Yeah, definitely. So it's a uh, black how black. Uh Black History Saved My Life, How My Viral Hate Crime Led to an Awakening. And um, well, I was inspired to write this in 2016 when my wife and I dealt with the hate crime. And 2016 will sound familiar to a lot of people because that's, of course, the year where uh, it seems like, man, I can't believe it's been almost eight years, but that's when mm-hmm. Trump was first elected. And it sounds eerily similar to, of course, what's going on now in 2024. And, um, in that year, when we dealt with the hate crime, we were caught up in this wave, I believe, of this resurgence of, of open hate crimes. And I say open because 
they have never stopped. But I, I think a lot of people felt more emboldened to do them. And me and my wife were at a majority black event. Ironically, when this happened, when a woman on the south side of Chicago, uh, she began to yell at us and call us the N-word because uh, we thought she was done using a beanbag at an event at an outside party. Um, we, we were yelling at each other. She called us the N-word, and she eventually spat on us. Um, I was recording this incident as it escalated, and she uh, was escorted out by the officers, and she wasn't arrested despite what she did. So I took that moment, and I, I shared it online to try to get justice. And from that, just dealing with the system and having people want me to share my story, I started to speak about it. And I started to write, really, as an outlet to teach people that overt racism, of course, is horrible. But the more sinister version of, of racism to me is the systemic things that we don't often talk about that impact us on a daily basis and, of course, still impact us to this moment. Wow. Well, Ernest, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Folks, here's uh, what I would like you to take away from today's show also, okay? By a show of hands, wherever you are, I want you to tell me how many of you had any control over making yourself. How many of you made yourself? Sheila, did you make yourself? No, I didn't make myself. Okay, Ernest, <laughs> did you make yourself? Not at all, not at all. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ken didn't make himself. Ken uh, was invented, right, Ken? Uh, well, I was, yeah, in the lab. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in the lab. <laughs> but folks, again, pay attention to this, okay? How many of you had a choice in being born in the house that you were or the family that you were? We had no choice, folks. There is a God up there. There is a creator who has created each one of us in his image. And it is up to us to get to know each other. In fact, in, 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 in my holy book, the Quran, there is a, there is a verse that says that God said, I created you in tribes and sent you down to the earth so that you may get to know each other. If everyone looked the same, if everyone talked the same, if, where would, where would be the differences for us then? We are supposed to know to get to know each other. Okay. Pay attention to that. Don't be proud of who you are. You had nothing, man. You had no choice making yourself or being born where you were born. So get rid of that pride factor of saying that I am an American. I'm not a German-American. Man, I'm never going to forget that, Mayor Pico, for the rest of my life. Okay. And I want to end today's show on that note, folks. Make sure that you take part in the upcoming elections. Make sure that you research the candidates. Make sure that you elect people that represent your values. And make sure that you hold them accountable once they get elected. Ernest Krim and Sheila White. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. John, thank you so much for being in the studio with me again today. And Patty, I see that you are still on the line. Thank you so much for calling in. Folks, this is the lightning strike. Please go to... Lightning Strike is tlschicago.com, our website. Support the show. There is a donate button over there. We want to keep the show commercial free as much as possible. And your support is going to be invaluable for us. So it is tlschicago.com. We'll see you next week, next Sunday, same time, 9 to 10. I'm Muhammad Fahim signing off with me in the studio, John Arena.